When people respond and say, that thing you wrote, you captured what I think and feel too. You gave voice to what I experience that I haven't been able to give voice to. That's my favorite thing in all in this work. This is Finding the Throughline, the show that gives you inside access to honest conversations about the creative process. I'm Kate Hanley. Hey, everybody, and welcome to part two of my interview with Sari Botten, creator of the Oldster Questionnaire, or editor of many essay collections. And we talked about her process, about how she gets work done and what helps her do that in the previous episode. And today we're going to be diving into more of the mindset piece or just kind of the thought process that goes into Sari's creative process. So, Sari, I'm curious. How do you relate to the idea of being an extrovert or an introvert? I am a hybrid. I sometimes am very social. I can be a real social social butterfly, mm-hmm. but then I need to retreat. And often I'll have to like go away from people for a number of days after flitting around, talking to people, being charming, um, being on. So I I see myself as a real hybrid, introvert, extrovert. Got it. And is there some way that knowing that about yourself has affected just how you have set up your life or your work process? I think it's great that I get to work at home. It's especially good, I think, that I'm working solo on my magazines, although it's a lot of work and at some point I might need to hire some people because it allows me to dip into being with people when I need to and also to retreat as I need to. I really need both things in equal measure at different times. And so working by myself has turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. Is there some other skills or personality assessment or even a school of thought, like maybe astrology, that helps you live your life and do your work better? You know, I alternately believe and don't believe in astrology. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I am such a Libra, you know, and I, I know my rising sign and my moon sign, and it all makes sense uh, knowing myself. But at the same time, sometimes it seems like nonsense to me. But yeah, I guess, I guess a little bit, you know, I do read my horoscope. And I have had my chart read a few times, but when people, when astrologers explain my chart to me, it sounds like the adults on the peanuts. It's like, (laughs) wah, 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 wah. I can't make any sense of it. Well, for what it's worth, one of the few things that I know about astrology and put stock in is that I tend to love Libra women. Like there's just something Ah. about them that I find so compelling. Just finding out that you're a Libra, I'm like, oh, that tracks. So for <laughs> does creating work and then sharing that work with the world come easily to you? Yes. I have been doing this a long time. I waited a long time for permission to do it. I remember being young and wanting to break out of trade magazines where I was writing all this businessy stuff I didn't care about. And I just really wanted to write personal essays and memoir and also fiction at the time. And I was grateful when I finally got the opportunity. And I, I, I just love 
doing what I do in that way. Yes. Mm. What's your favorite part about it? When people respond and say, that thing you wrote, you captured what I think and feel too. You gave voice to what I experience that I haven't been able to give voice to. That's my favorite thing in all in this work. Mm. Is there anything about sharing your work that kind of gives you the heebie-jeebies? <laughs> oh, yeah, very much. Um, I have long struggled with the ethics around writing about other people. Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of research on it, and I've evolved to a place where I have figured out what works for me, which is that mostly I try to blur other people in my stories. You can't tell a story about yourself without other people in it, but there are ways to do it so that ultimately you're describing a phenomenon that other people can relate to more than you're talking about your specific self and specific other people. And I've, I think I've arrived at a place where I know how to do that. And that feels good, but it has freaked me out in the past. I've, I've upset people in the past. I've done this in a way that I wouldn't continue. I wouldn't do it now. So yeah, I've learned, but it, 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 it's the hardest part of writing personal essays and memoir. What kinds of things does your inner critic love to tell you? Oh God. Yeah. The inner critic loves to tell me that I don't know how to write a good sentence that, which I know I do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My inner critic loves to say, nobody cares about this. Why are you writing about this? The biggest thing my inner critic likes to say is you don't have, you're not permitted to write this. Nobody cares what you think. You're putting out something that's going to upset people. So shut up. But I've also learned pretty much how to override the inner critic and to be like, okay, I hear you. All right, now go away. We'll talk about this more after there are a few drafts. (laughs) Are there situations where it pipes in more reliably than others? When I'm writing for publications other than my own, Mm. where I know I'm going to encounter an editor and a different audience than my own. I've gotten really comfortable writing for my audiences on Substack, but when I'm writing for other audiences, I get really nervous. And when you get nervous in those situations, how do you talk yourself through it? I put on the timer and I say, let's just get a couple drafts out. And you know that you're going to go through the editing process. You've been through this before. You'll speak up for yourself where you want to. You're probably working with someone you admire, and they're probably going to have smart things to say. And just shut up and write. I just want to record that and, and put it on my desktop and so I could press a button. Thanks for sharing that with us. I know that you don't mind answering this question. How old are you? In fact, you already told us. I'm 58. I turned 58 on October 2nd. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Is there something you do or think that most people in your peer group don't? I don't know if it's a thing I think. It's an attitude, maybe. I'm less formal than most of my peers, I think. I am very informal. I'm very casual. I have found a way to be that way professionally, yet still be professional. 
you know, I'm not businessy. I'm, I'm me. I show up as me, this weird person <laughs> wherever I go, but I've made it, I'm making a living at it. I wrote a whole book about what a weirdo I am. I, yeah, I'm less formal than a lot of my successful peers. And I think I believe that that's okay. Has getting older impacted the things that you do in your daily life? Yes, in that now I have to take a medication called meloxicam, <laughs> which is for arthritis. I don't take it every day. I take it when I'm in bad shape. I also have learned that oh, I had to get rid of all my clogs. I collected over many years so many amazing wooden clogs. I love clogs and I can't wear them anymore. I have a couple of pairs of Danskos with those thick rubber heels and I can wear those, but I can't wear my wooden clogs anymore. Um, and someone recommended the kind that have a little rubber piece in the wooden sole that makes it flexible, but that doesn't work. It's the wood. It's the, it's the hardness of the wood. I can't, I can't walk in on wooden soles anymore. So that's been really hard for me. I gave a bunch away to some friends and I have some pairs of shearling clog boots. I think I'm going to put up for sale on Poshmark because I paid a lot of money for them and I can't wear them anymore and I love them. So yeah, I think most of the changes I've made in my life are around the arthritis that is worsening as I get older. Oh, maybe you could start a clog gallery. Mm. <laughs> Not that you need another project, but <laughs> it sounds like the aesthetics are an important piece. <laughs> yeah. Just the functionality. Has getting older impacted your ideas about what's possible for you? Yes. My bucket list needs to be edited because there's just not that much time. I've also, you know, I've had these dreams of like making a television show, making a movie. And it's like, you know what? I am probably never going to get to do that because I am not positioned to do it. And it, they, these things are really hard to do. I think I've come, I've matured to a place where I realized there were pie in the sky dreams for me. And I'm letting go of some of those things. But I've also realized that I'm good at certain things and that I've, gotten better at them. And so maybe I can do more of them. Like I can probably do another essay collection when I'm ready because I have done it and I'm good at it. And, you know, people like my book and I'm getting better as I get older. So the bucket list shrinks, but the things I'm good at, I can keep going forward with. And this is kind of a deep question. So just take that for what it's worth. But are there any collective illusions that are floating around in our culture, our society, that you wish we would wake up from? Well, I think that we're still very much a patriarchal culture, and we're not fully aware of it. We don't realize how much men still dominate. Also, how much power influences who's in charge, you know, and how much of that power comes from privilege. People are really drawn to power 
unquestionably. Sometimes people have power for the wrong reason, but others are still influenced by that person because of confidence that comes from intergenerational wealth or opportunities that other people didn't have. So I wish we could wake up from that delusion. I am right there with you. (laughs) What's something you were taught that you think is an absolute crock of shit? That the people who have power have it because they deserve it or because Mm -hmm. they're better. And is there something you've done to replace or rewrite that idea? Every day I have to re-embolden myself to take risks, put myself forward, promote my work, because it's not a level playing field. I haven't had a lot of opportunities that a lot of people have. I don't come from great privilege. I don't come from intergenerational wealth. I pass as more privileged than I am. People make assumptions about me, but they're wrong. And, you know, I had to put myself through school while working three jobs. I couldn't afford graduate school, so I had to drop out. And so when I feel anxious about promoting my work and myself, I say, hey, wait a minute. There are people who have the attention of audiences you don't have access to because you didn't have the same chances. So put yourself out there. Mm. Sari, thank you so much for sharing all that with us. I'm really appreciative of your transparency. And I hope that our listeners have been enjoying getting this peek inside your brain. That's the end of our episode on the inner workings of Sari Botten. But we have more questions coming up about what's coming around the bend for Sari. So I hope that you will come back for that. Finding the Throughline airs one interview per week, broken up into three episodes that come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for free. Skip the ads and get each interview in one longer episode by becoming a paid subscriber at katehanley.substack.com. Even if you aren't ready to get out your wallet just yet, become a free subscriber at katehanley.substack.com and receive the full show notes with links to everything my guests and I cover. However you listen, thank you. Finding the Throughline is edited by Sound Advice Strategies. Connect with me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. Here's a little preview of what's to come in part three of this interview. I need to really learn how to meditate. I know that I need to learn this because I, the world is so hard right now and I have so much anxiety and I know that that's something I really want to do. So that's, that's a big one. I'm Kate Hanley, and this is Finding the Throughline. More to come on Friday.